Welcome back. I'm Shamaya Contours, and you are listening to Cascadia News Now. I am so honored to bring into the studio Marissa McGrath and Morgan Steele, who are from the Riveters campaign. If you have been under a rock or some other place we don't want to talk about, and you don't haven't heard of the Riveters, first of all, how are you managing to listen to the show? And secondly, <laughs> let's ask uh, Marissa and Morgan to tell us a little bit about what the heck is the Riveters anyway. Right. So hi, um, this is Marissa, and I have been a board member at the Riveters for just um, about four or five months now. The Riveters Collective is an um, organization of concerned progressive voters um, who are working to try to bring forward progressive candidates and pre- progressive issues in the county, in Whatcom County. Um, they were formed, um, they kind of were rebirthed out of a pantsuit nation organization. um, And right after the election, the presidential election in 2016, um, there was a palpable local concern for change and action that this organization grew out of. What's the Pantsuit Nation? The Pantsuit Nation is a national organization um, that was founded to support um, Hillary Clinton's campaign specifically and bring forward female voices in in political action. And so you started, you said, um, sort of kind of came out of that in a in a local uprising or a local way. Was this at all connected to the Women's March? Um, that's a great question. I know that the women that the the Riveters Collective participated in the Women's March and that currently one of the the founders of the Women's March, Toei, um, who the local women's march and headed up that pro- project is now a board member, um, but I actually don't know the, the the connection between those two events because this was before this was before my time. Sure, and it was before my time as well. But I can say this is Morgan. I'm an advocate and organizer. Um, I've been organizing in Washington State for three years now, and I've seen since the Women's Mar- March these groups of mostly 30s, 40s women who have kids, most of them have at least one other job, if not more, and they are just so fired up to see the way that elections and local politics are impacting their day-to-day lives that they've sort of risen up. And it seems like Riveters is our local example of that. Across the state, we have other groups that are quite similar that go by different mantles, whether it's indivisible or what have you. Um, But so this is a trend related to the Women's March, but not necessarily born out of it. And you are very involved with getting out the vote, but more specifically, you have a targeted group that you're reaching out to. Yeah. So I think since 2016, voters across the country have realized the impact that elections and elected officials have on our day-to-day lives, whether it's access to clean air and clean water in our communities um, safety from gun violence, the wages we make, the health care we, we are able to access and afford, all of those issues are born out of our local politics and elections. And across the country, we see more and more people becoming involved in trying to shape those issues as they affect them, which is awesome. More people equals more power, and we're happy to have more activists in the room. But what we don't see happening is more voters. Whereas if there's a graphic going around on Facebook and in different news outlets that says if didn't vote had been a presidential candidate, it would have won by a landslide. (laughs) Um, And that's because 
Most, I'm sorry. Yes. Um, so somebody can't see your air quotes, and by somebody I mean the entire audience. So, <laughs> I, so let me just ca- let me just catch that up. So what you're saying is. Um, the criticism is if only blank had voted where blank is millennials or yeah. blank is um, the people who are the poorest or blank is um, people color. Is, is that what you're kind of getting at? Yeah, exactly. And together, those those demographics we refer to as the new American majority, which is single women, people of color and millennials. Those three groups together make up over 51% of the voting eligible population across the country. And so when Riveters was sitting down and looking at how we could make a difference in our local elections on these issues that we care about, we realized that no one was spending time or resources paying attention to those voters. And we designed a pledge to vote campaign where we're going door to door talking to about 15,000 voters across the 42nd Legislative District about why it's important to vote and how to do it. So um, I have several questions. One, one thing that comes to mind is that Washington State has generally a higher voting record than many states, if not most states. Yeah, it's true. However, you see very steep drop-offs, specifically with these demographic groups, when it comes to voting in off-year elections, such as midterms, and even more so in local elections, or what we call down-ballot elections, where they're voting for county prosecutor. They're voting for county council or city council. Um, We see steep drops um, by the hundreds of thousands in Washington state from presidential voting to voting for city council. And the people who are not voting, and the reason why this is concerning to groups like the Riveters, is that it's not the same across demographic groups. It's specifically those new American majority voters, women, people of color, young folks who aren't showing up, which means middle class, older um, white Americans have a better say in our local government than the rest of us. They're overrepresented. Exactly. Yeah, and it's just trying to do the work to make sure that the government that we have is representative of, of the actual constituency. And so when we're going out and, and, and working with these disengaged voters, we don't necessarily know how they would vote. Um, we just want uh, our elected officials to actually be representative of the populations that they are going out and making laws for. So it's I've been hearing it more and more that good people, um, or sorry, that bad politicians are elected by when good people don't vote. And I feel like, and we, the Riveters, feel like a, a better representative government is better for everyone, even if it means that sometimes we're, we as an organization or as individuals aren't going to love every um, aspect or every, every issue that a specific candidate is, is um, behind. Marissa and Morgan, are either of you millennials? I am. I'm on the cusp. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I, am, I actually solidly am a millennial, but I didn't get a cell phone until I was 19. So, you know, like I... <laughs> okay, good enough. Because the reason I want to ask is the, pe- the people who aren't often um, are very full of their own ideas as to why people don't vote. So I want to ask people who are millennials, um, why don't y'all vote? That's a great question because I vote. I voted. <laughs> I remember when... Um, Gore v. Bush happened, and I was 17 and a half and could not vote, and I lamented it. And I was, I had friends at my um, cafeteria table in my senior year that I was literally yelling at because they weren't going to vote. Um, so it's a great question. I think that Morgan probably has a, has a better sense of this from her years of campaign experience than I do as a total grassroots nerd. So I, ha- I have quite a few ideas derived from research, and I think 
One of them is, if you look back to the turn of the century, civics and government education has been systematically defunded across the country, including here in Washington, where the most comprehensive civics education programs for public schools in Washington state is actually optional and dependent on funding that comes from state school districts or from local school districts. So you have this generation of people, which by the way, outnumbers baby boomers, who have never had access as a whole, haven't had access to comprehensive civics education. So they don't know, for one, necessarily how to engage with the system. And if they want that information, they have to go get it for themselves. And our websites are not good. You know, (laughs) the means by which millennials access that information um, is not available in terms of civics. On the flip side of that, the education that millennials are getting about civics and how our government works is from national news media, which is increasingly sensationalist, um, highlights the vitriol and partisan divide, and ignores most of the occasions when folks on different sides of the aisle work together to keep the gears of our government running. And so you can imagine, when I talk to my friends, they are just turned off by the tone of that because all they know about politics is from national news. And what I would say to turn the cheek to that is that in the past two years, the people out there knocking the most doors and motivating their communities around the issues that affect our lives that I've seen are millennials taking the charge and younger folks. Absolutely. And I, um, I've, as, as a millennial, um, had been a strong voter, but wasn't necessarily aware of how to participate in the in the process, in the local governmental process, um, and had to kind of s- learn, self-learn a lot of that before I even started working with Riveters. So started going to city council meetings, started going to different um, commission meetings in the city, um, and increasingly I'm seeing millennial uh, participation, people doing public comment that are coming from a younger age group in the last um, three years since I started becoming interested in this about five years ago. I was typically the youngest by far person in the room at a city council meeting, and that's not true at all anymore, not even close. So I'm seeing a lot of that engagement. And also in this Pledge to Vote um, campaign that we're doing, our canvassers, um, almost, are they entirely millennial? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> yeah, all of our can- canvassers for our Pledge to Vote campaign, I believe, are under the age of 36. Okay, so you're at the door. Let's say you're at the door with me. I'm a millennial. There, there's two things I think of um, as being issues to overcome. So in your quick at-the-door canvassing speech, how would you respond to me if I'm like, well, I don't even know who the local people are. I don't, I don't even know why it matters. Sure. When people say to me, I don't know why voting matters – and they're young, I ask if they have student loans. Student loans are the biggest economic burden on millennials. We have trillions of dollars worth of student loans, more than any generation to come. And the only way we absolve that problem is student loan reform and higher education reform, which demands voting. And how is that a state issue? There are things we can do at the state to fund, to make higher education more accessible, especially with our local institution, Western, um, well, I guess I'm trying to get at how do you convince someone to vote down ballot when they don't even know? I mean, a lot of people who are educated don't even know who their state reps are or, or um, you know, state senators are. Yeah, totally. Um, well, for Riveters Collective, we made it really easy for people to get 
become educated on who's running in the Whatcom County this year because we had a thorough endorsement process. And when we're at the door, we actually have our website where you can access all the interviews, text from all the interviews that we did for our endorsement process. But I think you can identify local issues that affect everyone's life in which voting would make a difference. And if I'm not talking about student loans with young people, I'm talking about birth control or I'm talking about traffic. Because who <laughs> likes traffic? <laughs> and in order to fix traffic, we have to fund public ed- public transportation. Um, yeah, absolutely. And to kind of go back to that, um, how the state affects um, education, the state is not supporting universities at the, at the rate at which it used to. Um, it's becoming more and more expensive to go to school. The university advancement departments at, at, or at schools all around the state are having to get larger and bigger and more robust to and ask, make bigger asks. And, um, and the multi hundreds of millions of dollars because our state is not funding the schools at the appropriate rate and not, you know, not to mention the really valuable scientific research that those institutions are doing as well. So I think, um, you know, kind of trying to find some common ground and then working it down to a state level. Um, One door that I personally knocked, um, the person said, that they normally just vote in the presidential elections and that they voted last time and were really disappointed. <laughs> and I was able to bring and make a connection between that national election um, in 2016 and our local state senator in the 42nd district um, and how they support each other. <laughs> well, that's and this it, person had the, no right. idea that they, that that per, that they, this person had no idea that um, this connection was that local and no idea that our state senator was the person that invited Donald Trump to our county. Well, that's exactly the the second thing I wanted to get into, which is despair. How how do you um, hear, acknowledge and and challenge the lack of voting that comes out of despair? Hmm. I think that (laughs) sorry, it's probably not the best radio sound to make. Um, I kind of liked it. So um, that's my own despair making its way out because it's it's um, it's a real feeling and it's palpable um, for many of us. And some people are having a really hard time getting past it to act. And that's I am all for people, you know, doing political action at where they can can get mm-hmm. where, like how they can if they need to do some serious self-care and just turn off the news for weeks or months at a time. I understand and can relate to that. But I think how you how you get past it is by giving people a spark of hope at a local level, looking at people that are and issues that are coming on ballots that could make serious changes for at least their neighbors Um, and acknowledging that the big, loud noise that we see when we engage on a national level can make especially those of us up here in the Pacific Northwest, feel completely isolated, completely separate, like the rest of the world is going crazy and we're just trying to hide up here between the mountains and the sound. And um, But that there are real opportunities to make change for you and your neighbors by just getting a little bit more informed and making that little bit of extra effort to put your ballot in the mail. I am from Illinois originally. I cannot believe that people think that it's too much of a hassle to mail in their ballot. (laughs) I had to take a day off of work when I was in college um, 
and school. They didn't shut down my they didn't shut down my classes for the day to go to um, to vote. And I would have to line up in some cases for four hours in order to vote physically in a place. And now we're in a situation where we can mail in our ballots. They made it free. Everyone that's listening to my voice, you don't even have to put a stamp on your ballot anymore to mail it in. This is the lowest barrier that that anyone in our country is dealing with in order to be able to vote. Please. So, far, far, so just to remind everyone, this is Cascadia News Now, and I'm sitting here with the fabulous uh, Marissa McGrath and Morgan Steele from uh, the local Riveters Collective. And um, far be it from me to tell you how to do your job. I was just imagining if I was at somebody's door, I might kind of lapse into Washington State as champion of the world and talk about our man, Jay Inslee, and how, like, what the, the fabulous things he's doing in on behalf of immigrants and behalf on, of dreamers. And my personal political crush, Fergie, um, <laughs> the attorney, attorney general who, uh, Attorney General Ferguson, who has initiated several lawsuits and is winning lawsuits against the, the nation and some of their policies and they are seats that are challenged and that is one way that we are are leading the country and actually taking a stand for people when maybe I as an as an individual can't do anything about children who are separated from their parents and I know the people I've elected are doing that and secondly initiatives like the climate change initiative it is it is the first the first one that may actually pass in the country. And are we going to stop world pollution by having this climate change carbon fee? We can try. No, but <laughs> we are setting a precedent and showing yeah. people how to do it that could catch fire around the nation. Yeah. And here's the deal. In Washington state, state legislators are often elected by less than a thousand votes. Very frequently. And I've seen elections that have come down to six votes, have come down to 142 votes. So if you're feeling... 56 in a certain 42nd, previous 42nd (laughs) race, 56 votes. Yeah. And so if you are feeling a sense of despair about whether or not your vote can make a difference, you could be one of 52. And to build off of what you're saying, Shamaya. Whatcom County is such a microcosm for the biggest issues of our time right now, from climate change to immigration justice to women's health and reproductive rights. We have the opportunity to be champions on these issues, but only if all the good and well-intentioned people of Whatcom County turn out to vote on November 6th. Absolutely. And one of the things, uh, one of the strongest ways I think one can um, counter despair is to party. And <laughs> I think that you might have an excellent not uh, not political party party for people to show up to on election night. Yeah, we are going to have an election night party. Um, election night, by the way, everybody, November 6th. Write it down. Um, uh, we're going to have an election night party at the Shakedown downtown on State Street um, from 6 p.m. until 10 p.m. Um, some of you might have already have plans that evening, but we can be your after party. That's okay with us, too. We'll be putting the... Um, election results up on the screen so everybody can live find out um, who won what and what initiatives passed. 
Um, there's going to be music and dancing and an opportunity to get and, and just meet other people that are interested in the direction of Whatcom County and interested in um, the hard work and, and meeting people who are doing the hard work of, of turning out votes. Um, you can just come, show up, party with us for a little bit, volunteer. You can sign up to volunteer or find out more what about what kind of music? Oh, what kind of music? Oh, man, this is this is... We haven't picked our DJ yet, but I... <laughs> dun, dun, dun. The truth comes out. If people want to direct message us on Facebook at the Rivers Collective um, and let us know um, if they would like to sign up to build a playlist for the Rivers Collective election night party, we would love that. That would be a really fun kind of engagement for us. Also, it's one less thing that we have to do between how, now and then. How much does it cost? Um, it's actually free at the door. We are going to be accepting donations for families who have been affected by ICE raids, so families whose um, whose relatives have been detained by ICE, we will be accepting donations to support local Whatcom County families. Um, but that's it. You can just come in and enjoy a nice time with us. Is, it, is there an age limit? Yeah, that's a great question. It's a bar. So it's 21 and over. There will be other um, all-ages um, election night events that night, but we decided that we needed um, personally all to cut a rug <laughs> and, and to be able to be free of we our really children and other responsibilities you. for we one night. We wanted name. to include you, but we really needed to drink. Yeah. <laughs> you said it. I didn't. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So uh, Marissa McGrath and Morgan Steele, uh, what is your takeaway? What's the last thing you want people to hear and the thing you want them to remember? We are the Riveters Collective. We want to see a more active and engaged Whatcom County. If you want to join us, you can check out our Facebook, Riveters Collective, to join us in getting out the vote for the November 6th midterm elections. And remember what's at stake. We have the opportunity to be champions on all the issues that are affecting your life right now. Um, and you can do that by voting and by plugging in to your local government and politics. And by partying with us at the election night party on November 6th. We want to see you there. Whoop, whoop. Vote, vote, vote. And by the way, vote. Marissa McGrath, Morgan Steele, it's just been an absolute pleasure having you on. And thank you so much and good luck. Yes, I've realized. Uh, thank you. I've realized a local dream that I've had since I knew about this show many years ago. Thank you so much.